Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope everything's going well for you today. Everything is hunky-dory, hunky-dory. It's better for me than uh, people who are living in midtown Manhattan right now. Yeah? You know why? Have you seen what's going on in some of the hotels in midtown Manhattan? Oh, yeah, these luxury places that have gone to the immigrants. These are four- and five-star hotels, Bill. These aren't like a little, you know, uh, side-of-the-road mom-and-pops. These are nice hotels. And they're you getting know, I will say this. Basically, what's happening to those hotels right now, mm-hmm. if they ever get this behind us and they, you know, they get that problem cleaned up, I'm sorry, but, you know, a squeegee, a bucket, and uh, some Lysol is not going to fix the damage that's done. I would not stay in one single one of those hotels. Apparently, they are being paid like $100,000 a month for each room. So... I can see where they would think, hey, listen, we can make we can make guaranteed millions of dollars and we'll have a packed hotel and we won't have to do any advertising, so we'll even save there. So they probably smiled when they signed the deal with the federal government. Now they're complaining that they're trashing the rooms, the immigrants. They're throwing garbage all over the place in the hallway. They are fighting with each other and in some cases even knifing each other. They are having mm-hmm. sex in public, some of the immigrants, not all of them, but some of them. They are they're throwing away the tons of food that are giving to, given to them free, right? P- because mm-hmm. it's not what they like to eat. They want to eat the stuff they grew up on in Honduras or uh, Venezuela or someplace like that. And they're not happy with the hamburgers, hot dogs, and in some cases, even steaks. <laughs> these, these people... Really, they, they, they eat better than uh, you or me. It's guaranteed food. Three meals a day. They have a, a, a warm place, a, a, a clean bed to sleep in. It's costing them absolutely nothing. Now, here's the issue. Mm-hmm. Besides all of this that they've been trashing the hotels... The city has said, wait a second, this is costing us too much money. So they got this big center uh, on the outskirts of the city that they've renovated and they put in hundreds of beds and they've made it very comfortable. They got gaming areas with PlayStations and Xbox and all these things. They've got snack bars, free snacks 24-7. They've got uh, little food. It's like a... It's like a place at Disney World, okay? So they yeah. sent some of the migrants out to this place, and they didn't like it because one of them said the bed was uncomfortable. The bed wasn't com- the bed Too wasn't bad. comfortable. Listen, they interviewed one on one of the networks yesterday in front of the hotel, and the guy standing there and he's being translated because obviously he doesn't speak English. Why would he speak English coming to an English speaking country uh, for the most part? Well, that's changing on a day to day basis. But the guy's wearing a hat that says Mexico. It's a big, in big letters, Mexico. And go the hell back. Yeah. And he's smiling, speaking in Spanish. You would think that in the old days, if you come to the USA, one of the first things you'd buy would be maybe. Uh, an American flag or a baseball cap with USA on it. You want to look like you're one of us. These people are arrogant. They come here and they want to they tell you where they're from and they want you to change. 
They want America to change. So they've built this homeless encampment in front of the hotels, and they're sleeping out in front of the hotels to protest. Now, Eric Adam, the inefficient, uh, ridiculous mayor of New York, he's not sure how to handle it. So he goes down there yesterday, and he plays a game of ping pong with one of, one of the illegals trying to be uh, one of the guys and show that he's willing to work yeah, that with him. ping pong, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's playing ping pong with him. I guess it was at the center. They, oh, it's, mm-hmm. look at his gaming and all this stuff. They are absolutely confused. Now, when you heard Trump speak over the weekend, I think he said it in South Carolina. He may have said it in North in New Hampshire, too. He said, hey, when I'm president, I'm going to be packing up tens of thousands of these illegal, and I'm going to send them back to their home countries because they're not here legally. And that got the uh, Democrat err, and they're going against it, you know, because they, oh, it's against their policies. Oh, you know, open up them borders, bring yeah. them people through because we need the workers. No, let's be honest. We're trafficking children. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And we're bringing in the drugs, and you and I are paying for it with some people with their lives, but they don't care because, you see, somebody somewhere is making money, mm-hmm. and we're dividing this nation. And, you know, for, for black people, you wonder about racism and slavery and everything that goes on. That went on because somebody somewhere, and yeah, once upon a time it was some fat white guy, but it might have been a fat black guy too. They made money off of you. Oh, sure. By putting you down. Do you know some of the biggest slavers in Africa were black? Yeah. This is no lie. It's history. It's something yeah. which, uh, if you do some reading, it's something they don't do that, that much anymore in, in schools. Yeah. Well, you know what? You look, at, you look at the oppressed and you look at things that are down. Uh, the best time for somebody to make money and, you know, get change that comes in their direction mm-hmm. is you walk in and take real estate. Trump did it with uh, Trump Tower. He waited for things to be bad, and then he could get things on his term and make right. his kind of money. And that's what it's all about. Now, I'm not saying Trump's one of those. He's not. But the point is... He's a businessman. But that is how business works Mm -hmm. you got to be beaten down and when you're down well then i can walk in with my bags of money and i don't have to spend all that money and i can get whatever i want i have power i have control i got the world look what's happened to the stock market right now i mean it's 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 nowhere near what it was when trump was president before the uh pandemic and so if you're worth billions of dollars, maybe now's a good time to buy up stock and just put it aside. Let you know, it that sit. happened. Uh, that happened after the uh, depression. You know, sure. all these people that lost their money in the stocks, the ones that did well, are the ones that came in and bought those big super stocks, the blue chippers. Sure, they were down. They got them for pennies on the dollar. You know? yep. you're stupid to buy that stuff. Well, what did it hurt? You know, you know, you could take money from the cookie jar and go buy that stock. Yeah. Well, I'll be, uh, as uh, to coin a phrase from uh, Joe Biden, yeah. I'll be a son of a bitch. You yeah. Know? A few years later, you're a rich man. Exactly right. And uh, that's what business people do. Yeah. Biden there, was there's, 10 there's blocks. No secret to it. Biden was 10 blocks away from uh, this protest in front of the hotels in Times Square. 10 blocks away. You think he would have driven down to see the problem? No. Nah. He was too busy screaming at his audience. Uh, in uh, uptown New York. Listen. There's nothing we can't do. Nothing. 
When the hell has America ever, ever, ever set a goal that it didn't reach? When has it ever? Name me a time. Name me a time when America's gone through a crunch and didn't come out stronger on the other side than went in. You know, you got to be a very patient person to sit there at a Biden speech he, he, because he's such a... He, Wait, people actually go to his he, rallies and Some people are dynamic when they speak. He ain't one of them. <laughs> no, he's not. Name me a time. Name me a time that <laughs> yeah. he's been dynamic. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> Name me a time when he's, when he's been a great speak, a speaker. Um, so anyway, we have a situation in New York where the migrants aren't satisfied. And I would imagine there are others around the country who are doing the same thing. They've been, they've been ushered in by Biden. They've been promised, I'm sure, lots of stuff. We don't know what they were promised down in Honduras. Go to America. It's the land of opportunity. They'll put you up in, in the most beautiful hotels. You'll eat for free. It really is a land of plenty. You'll love it. So they go up there thinking, hey, this is going to be great. They, all you have to do is sneak across the border. So you sneak across the border, but you really don't have to sneak because they bus you to about a half mile away from the border, and then you walk across the border. When you get to the other side, they round you up and in some cases give you a sandwich, then tell you where you're going to go, and they put you on a bus or an airplane, and they send you to New York, send you to Los Angeles, send you to Chicago. You're in all these different places, and they put you up in four- and five-star hotels, but they're not to your liking because they're serving you hot dogs and hamburgers. They're giving you things like mashed potatoes. Whatever happened to, like, tacos and tamales and burritos and... Uh, All the stuff that they're used to. Hey, yeah. it's good food, but that's not what we are about. But right. I'll tell you what, you know, they're getting screwed. They really are. You know why? Why is that, Bill? Because, you see... Uh, Biden's come around on the border now, and he's, he's revamped his policies there because, you know, the open border. So now the, the, the Haitians, the Cubans that are coming across, mm -hmm. you know, now, mm -hmm. once they cross, they get automatic public benefits. <laughs> Everything they need. Welfare, health care, you name it, they get it. Let me ask you a question. When your sure. ancestors came across to the United States, I... Did they come across to, like, Ellis Island or someplace like that, and then did they mm -hmm. immediately be sent to a four- and five-star hotel in midtown Manhattan? Were they no, fed? No, and uh, benefits? Do you want to know if they had benefits? Did they have benefits? A wing and a prayer. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, Mike, the last ancestor of my in my family to come across was my late grandmother, and she came across in 1900 from Ireland. Most of my other ancestors came across right after the potato famine in Ireland of 1847. So they, they were here a little while. But my grandmother, when she came across, we have more of a record. She came across on the Teutonic, which was the predecessor to the Titanic. She came into New York City. When she came, she came alone. She had $2, $2 in, in, her, in her purse. $2 was better than it is today. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. back then, $2, yeah. you had something. Yeah, it might have been a, maybe it's like 50 bucks today, you know, but still yeah, not 20, a lot. Of, but, you know, yeah, still yeah. not a lot of money. I mean, yeah, well, you can't go do the town on $2 even in 1900 So she's alone when she comes to New York. Mm -hmm. And they said, nah, you can't stay. Uh, you can't stay in the city alone right away. You have to have somebody greet you. 
You have to you have to prove that there's someone here who will take care of you. This is the the difference in times, right? So they sent her over to Ellis Island to a, a, like a way station, and they put her up in this dormitory, and they she stayed there, and it was like a cell for two weeks until somebody came down from Massachusetts to pick her up and take her back to her job as a maid, as a domestic. When the guy came to pick her up, he thought he was coming to pick up her brother. But they had no communication mm. back then, right? So the first thing he said not was, oh, hello, hi, welcome. And the first thing he said was, what are you doing here? <laughs> that That's was, a greeting that for That was you. the first greeting to the, now, that was somebody who came into the country legally in 1900. These people are coming across the border now illegally. They're not assimilating. They're wearing their Mexico caps in, in, in Los Angeles last year. Maybe it was during the, the last campaign. It was the last election. I remember Trump going to Los Angeles, and the illegals were picketing him and protesting him in, in Los Angeles, and they had these big Mexican flags. Yeah. What are you thinking to yourself? What are these people doing? Don't they want to look like they're they're assimilating into our country? No, they don't want to assimilate. They want to come in here and have you change. They don't well, want to learn the, the language. You know, I'm okay with individuality, yeah. but to an extent, because the left is promoting, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Don't give up your heritage. No, don't give up your heritage. Remember where you're from. Sure. But you know, it's been going on for years. You know, you see the you know you see the gangbangers driving down the street with their with the flag of their homeland there. Sure. And but you know, you if you would put an American flag on the back of a car, you friggin' you'll get it, you'll get it keyed. You'll get it keyed. You're a racist. You are every white, you know, derogative thing that they can call you. Um, You'll be called, and this is you the know, we're we're tearing down the fabric of our country, and letting and we're building up all these uh, these these individual groups, and but we're you know we're dividing we're dividing oh, into tribes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bill. The difference, another difference, is when your ancestors and my ancestors came here, they wanted to become Americans. They mm -hmm. wanted desperately to be what we were here. They didn't want to come here and, and remain Irish or remain German or whatever. They wanted to assimilate. When they came here, it doesn't mean, like you said, that they dropped their, their heritage and their, their pride no, in where they came from. It's, it's something, it's something to be proud of. In, Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, uh, Germantown and, and, and in other cities, they had... Uh, Irish areas and, and Italian areas, Chinese areas, Chinatowns, all these things existed, but they were not, they didn't define the people who lived there. They were just a, a, a salute to where they came from, you know? And that's the difference. Now they're coming across and they want to continue to be what they were uh, from Honduras. We're Hondurans, we're Venezuelans, but we live here. You know, you have to change for us. We have to. We're not going to learn your language. I think you learn my language. I'm coming over, and I'm going to speak in different tongues. You know, it's like Bill. I I don't. I love languages. I really do. When I went to France, I I used my little bit of Fr French to uh, try to communicate with the other people, the people in that country, and they appreciated it. 
And I like the fact that people can be multilingual. But I think that you, you're, if you're a nation, you have to have a primary language, and that's the one that should be promoted in everything. Now they've got documents. Half the documents are in Spanish. Some of them are Spanish and French. You know, English, Spanish, and French. We're using more paper on, on our documents because we're printing it three times. My thing is, look it, just print the English one. Just have, if you only had that one language, the people who are, try, who are coming here are going to have to learn the language. But if you accommodate them, if, if you have the Spanish-language radio stations everywhere, the Spanish-language TV stations everywhere, after a while, they won't have any, any need to learn the language of America. And we are an English-speaking country, or we have been. Well, we have been, but anymore, yeah, we're not so much. I mean, hell, I, I had to go pick up a prescription for somebody yesterday, and I, I was over in Cambridge at, uh, I forget, CC, uh, CH, CHA Hospital, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But anyway, when I went to the uh, information desk, oh, where's the pharmacy here? You know, uh, the lady started babbling in a different language the person there to assist me. Wow. I had to get an interpreter so that she could understand what she was I was customer saying service in and she English. Was, she was customer service. Yeah. And she was speaking to you in a different language. Yeah, and I'm the one that needed the interpreter to sit there and figure out, you know, so I could ask my question. Unbelievable. But that's yeah, happening like, more oh, and yeah. more. And, and I didn't say anything. I kind of... You know, shrugged it off and giggled no a little bit. You know, no comprende. All that stuff. <clears throat> you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm sitting there muddling. You know, what the... <laughs> you know, <laughs> as I walked away. People may make light of that and think, well, what difference does it make which, which language? If you are all speaking different languages, could you imagine if we fought World War II now? I mean, and you had these different factions where they only speak Spanish you need you would need interpreters in basic training to train your troops. You know, you'd have to have mm -hmm. a, an English speaking D, DI drill instructor and a Spanish speaking drill instructor. You know, everything comes full circle in life. We're dividing everybody now and we have all these different you know, you have different languages. If you yeah. sit there and just you know, just when you're going through the day doing whatever it is you're doing, you'll probably hear a half dozen different languages. If you're in a city of any size, and you know when you hear that, I'm going like, and these people may not know how to speak English or very little of it, and at some point in time, somebody's going to go, hey, you know, we got all these different people here. We got to find a way to communicate. Yeah, we got to come up with a universal language. Let's make a new language. Well, this is the United States. We speak English, mm -hmm. and. That's another thing too. The uh, the English. Do you remember? And I know people right now, and they're liberals too. They get so mad when people butcher the English language. You know, I've gotten yelled at. You know, you don't say that, right? Well, okay, we're all guilty of butchering the language. But man, you know, today. The way that we just willy-nilly throw yeah. this language away, and you know, it's a beautiful language that we have. We have the most, I believe it's the most complicated language in the world. Well, some will say Chinese is, but I well, I, maybe it I, is. I, I, I know, know we can 
I know we uh, it can be complicated to a lot of people who come over, but I do know that immigrants who have learned the language. I used to work in New York, and a lot of people who live and work in New York were immigrants. Even right. when I was back in the seventies working in New York, a lot of the cab drivers had come over from uh, the Caribbean, from the Middle East, and you know they were proud. They were proud of the fact that they had learned the language. Mario Lemieux, the great hockey player in Pittsburgh, yeah. he came down. He couldn't speak a word of English in 1984. He spent all of his free time watching soap operas. To learn. To learn the English language, and he did. And now he speaks it pretty well with very little accent, and he's proud of it. He's proud to be as part of being an American. He learned the language of the country. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I remember him. I remember uh, Yami Yager, too, yep. uh, when he came over. And he Evgeny was an Melkin. Fellow. He was a nice guy. Another guy, Evgeny Melkin, who came across yeah. from Russia. And now he speaks uh, English. You know, he has an accent, but he speaks it much better now than he did when he came over. He could hardly speak it at all. These guys made the effort. They don't mm -hmm. want to make the effort anymore. These people who are coming across, and here's the problem, Bill. You know, when you get a lot of stuff for free, you don't appreciate it. When no, you get you a lot of stuff. Well, so what do you care about it? That's exactly right. These people, if they came to New York and were sleeping on the street for a few weeks in, like, January and February, after a while, boy, if, if someone said, okay, now you can come into this hotel and we'll put you up in a room, they might appreciate it a little more because they froze there, took us off. I used to walk by in Manhattan sometimes when I was going down for the train after my show, and I would walk over. There was an area where guys used to sleep. They had these big cardboard boxes, and they would put the cardboard boxes over the, the vents, the building vents. They would be venting out the heat from the building into the boxes, and the guys would be sleeping in these boxes all night long, the homeless back then. They were mm -hmm. they were appreciative of the vent they were sleeping on. Never mind the rooms that were free down the road. That they, you know they didn't get any free rooms back then. Um, we have a we have a situation that Biden has put us in right now, and I don't know how he's going to rectify it. He's given a lot of free stuff to a lot of people who they. By the way, there's we talked about the fighting. Mm -hmm. In the hotels and the and the sexual uh, attacks in some cases in the hotels by these immigrants, it just goes to prove that they're not all good people that are coming across the border. A lot of these people Biden doesn't care. You, you know, know you, he's got an agenda out there, and um, you hear Trump talk. He says a lot of these people that that have come across our border are being emptied. These are the prisoners that have been set free and sent north. They're also the people from mental institutions down there that have been sent north. Oh, we're getting the best of the best, huh? We're getting the cream of the crop, my friend, cream of the yeah, crop. Well, no, well, you know, uh, I'll go back and reiterate on what I said the other day. Mm -hmm. There's only one thing that we want that's coming across the border, and it's not workers and it's not the cream of the crop. What's that? Nah, we want the kids because the United States yeah. is a big trafficker and number one at importing kids. Isn't that amazing? Sex trade. You know, I, I, my wife said that to me. She was listening to our podcast because she has exquisite taste. Well, that and, caught her ear, didn't it? And boy, she she picked up on that. Wow. 
a lot of people don't realize that. That's not, it's not a statistic we're proud of, friends. No, and if you don't believe me, look it up. You know, look it up. It's out there, and it's a pretty sad thing. Yeah. You know, if you love children, children are, you know, they're innocent. You know, we corrupt them in this world. They're the closest thing to God. They come to us almost pure. Yeah. And Yeah, and we corrupt them. And, yeah, God's going to look down on that going, you know, sometimes he's got to pick one of those flowers just to get them out of harm's way. Get them out of our way because we, we're, we're, the, we're the plague of the earth. Some of the things that these traffickers do to these little children are so bad that I won't describe them, but I've read about them. They, yeah. are, they are the most evil of evil, these people. Yeah, Which, well, you know what, and the sad thing is, if you're wondering, it's, it's, they're called snuff films, but it's not just they've films. Been around, they've been around, by the way, forever, you know, the snuff films. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, well, you know, uh, there are phrases you can look up, uh, the, the meat house, which is when you go out to, basically, it's Hollywood, you know, and the young kids are going, ah, I'm tired of living the farm life, I'm going to run away, I'm going to go out to Hollywood, and I'm going to be famous. They and they're the gobbled up by these evil predators. Yep. Evil predators, but now they're just waiting for them at the border, they put them on a bus, they take them off to a sex camp, Yep. they got them, they own them, they're theirs, and that is just the way it works. And the United States, I'll say it again, the number one importer of children for sex trafficking. That is something everybody, well, let me ask besides you. the Ukraine war, we haven't even mentioned that, but well, aside we'll, from we'll, that. We'll come into that, but, you know, let me ask you a question. The guy who is our president has been accused by his daughter of taking showers with her when she was a child um, mm -hmm. on a regular basis, so much so that it bothered the the young girl as she grew up. And right. I, I was listening to somebody who I respect on another program say, and he would know that this young woman, Biden's daughter, uh, she had an issue with uh, a sex habit afterwards. It, it had messed her up. You can't tell me, by the way, that Hunter Biden's problems aren't all his problems. I think a lot of it has to do with the way that Biden raised him. Well, yeah, I mean, look, let's let's look at Joe himself. You know, he is he's he's perverts, perverts a nice word. He's a predator. He is he a is. sexual predator and he preys on kids. So why would Watch he stop us when there are kids around? So why would he, he stop? Can't. Why would he stop us from bringing in uh, these uh, children for, for sex trafficking in, in our southern border? He wouldn't care if he no. if he's into that himself. You know, you see pictures of him, everyone kind of laughs. He's sniffing a little girl's hair at the, on a stage somewhere. He reaches down high. He smells her. That's, just, that's weird. There are pictures of him in the vice presidential mansion when he was vice president. Yep. Walking around and it's all together because he's, he's beyond a nudist, friends. He is a sexual deviant. He's an exhibitionist. He, he no, really he's is. he's beyond that. I mean, there are, there are people out there, you know, let's face it, there are people out there, they're freaky-deaky, and if they want to be that way in their own private lives, great. But Joe is beyond even an exhibition. Well, let me ask you a question. He's if, just a sexual creep. If your son had a problem with drugs 
uh, a, a bad problem like Hunter apparently has or had. I don't know. I don't know whether he still has it. Shipped but, out of the Navy for smoking crack. Right. If, if your son was in trouble like that, would you say I'm going to run for president and concentrate all my effort on running for president while my son flounders? You know, if my children were in dire straits and they and and they needed my help and my attention. I wouldn't say, hang on, I'm going to take a few months to run for president and I'll get back to you. You, you drop well, everything you have and you help your child. That's your responsibility as a parent. But Biden doesn't do that. Okay, what do you call a person that is hungry for money and hungry for power and brags Selfish. about themselves all the time? Selfish, for one thing. Yeah. A megalomaniac. A megalomaniac. Now they call. Yeah. They, 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 the, the left was easy to uh, go after Trump, Trump and say that. But Trump has done a lot of nice things, and there's a difference. Maybe there's a fine line, you know, but there, there's a difference. Joe and the Biden family, it's been proven. It's in the news. If you don't believe me, it's not fake news. They are a crime family. The, the, these documents now are proving that, and it's been going on for years. University of Delaware is where they hide the documents. There's tens of thousands of the documents there yep. that they are hiding there. That's where they hide everything. Mm -hmm. So you got that going on. Joe loves to sniff kids' hairs. He is a, a, a pervert. He's been known to walk through the, the vice presidential man, mansion naked. You know He's what the nickname was? Women. You know what his nickname huh? was when he was doing Cobra. that? Cobra. Cobra. That's right. So the Secret Service who protected him would say, Cobra, Cobra, Cobra. That was to alert all of the other Secret Service agents that the vice president was walking around the mansion nude. Yeah. I mean, but you got that going on. This guy is, is now he's money hungry. He is uh, uh, make America great again. He had to tear it down so he could make it better again. And he's, he hasn't even brought it back to the old level of the Trump years. And right now, he's busy undoing all of uh, Trump's executive orders. He's overturning them. Uh, they're now going after um, the, the clemency mm -hmm. and all the presidential pardons. They want to do it with that. They're essentially erasing Trump's legacy and his presidency, which, hell, they're, they're, they're erasing American history. So why stop there? Let's just erase the whole damn thing. Making so, Joe, uh, well, it's all a lie, but they'll sit there and say, oh, what a great guy. Look at all the things he's done. So Biden has already said that he wants to be president again. I can't imagine. But the Democrats seem to be throwing him under the bus right now. They don't want him to run anymore. They, they really don't want him. I think you're going to see somebody like Michelle Obama throw her hat into the ring. We but, talked about that six or eight months ago. Saying, right. I don't want to do it. But, but now. But, Billy, the thing I was going to point out was, they're, they're looking to, on the Republican side, DeSantis as the alternative to Trump. DeSantis is the guy who we should be looking at because Trump is old news. That's what some people in the media us are saying. It's but let, the media but saying let, that. But let me tell you what the difference is in my estimation. Out of all of the people who have thrown their hat in or are talking about throwing their hat into the ring, guys like John Bolton, Nikki Haley down in North Carolina or South Carolina, I get the Carolinas messed up sometimes. But she said to, she wants to run for president, and it's announcing on the 15th of February. Um, the thing is, are they 
the same thing as Trump, or are they are they really different, more like Biden in some ways? I think they're more like Biden. You're saying DeSantis like Biden? Well, we're in a situation right now that is, is dire with, with regard mm-hmm. to the Ukraine. We're on the verge of a nuclear war, it would appear. And you would think that uh, the people who uh, are running for president should be would be saying, we're going to try to negotiate a peace and get out of there. There seems to be, at this point, only one candidate doing that, Trump. Trump is the only guy who has said, we should negotiate a peace. I can do it in 24 hours. Just let me do it. 24 hours, it'll be done. You're saying, well, what about DeSantis? DeSantis is kind of just like Trump. Well, DeSantis, listen to this. This is DeSantis just a couple of days ago. Clinton tried to work with them. Bush tried to work with them. Obama tried to reset. Trump was very uh, positive about Putin. Um, and I think that reality is set in, uh, that this is not going to, to work out that way. And you're better off dealing with Putin by being strong. I mean, you know, we've tried to deal with some of this in the Congress. A couple years ago, we authorized lethal aid for Ukraine so that they could resist. you got to ask yourself, what is wrong with the, the Republicans? Don't they realize they have an opportunity here by by being anti-war? And by the other thing is this. Historically, the Democrats have prided themselves as being peace, man. Hey, anti-war and make love, not war. Right back in the 60s, they mm-hmm. were all the liberal left doing that. Now they're all jumping in with, let's bomb the hell out of the, the Russians. Let's send in tanks and airplanes and submarines. Ron DeSantis... He fell down at that moment when he said, you know, we tried to be peaceful with these guys. Now we got to show them strength. No. Well, you know, some people don't understand strength and what is strength. And you can't sit there and throw money at a problem and watch it burn up in flames like we're doing with the Ukraine right now. We're sending all this hardware, all this money. Ukraine is corrupt. And they're even, they even say, yeah, we got corruption here. Yeah, some of that money went away, flew out the window. So give us more, please. Uh, they don't even say please, and no. they don't say thank you. They just take the money and run. But mm-hmm. to be strong, well, let's take a look at Trump. Now, he took on China and the tariffs, and he won that battle. And then you sit there, and then when he talked to Mexico and said, look, you know, we got to do something about this border thing, you know, they're going, wow, this guy went and took on China. Right. What the hell is he going to do to us? He, they became afraid. Do you think Putin did not recognize that, too? Of course. And so what happened was Trump could go in and pick up that phone and say, hey, I think we need to talk. And guess what? Hey, you're probably right. We do need to talk because, you know, that loose but focused cannon on the deck. Do you remember, Trump? Do you remember when uh, Chi was uh, visiting Trump? And Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. when he was visiting uh, back in, I guess it was 2017, and they're having dinner, and Trump gets the message that he had just, they had just bombed that uh, terrorist in Iraq. I forgot his name. He was in his car. He just gotten out of the airport, or oh yeah, and they, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. just took him out in one fell swoop. And I guess Trump was at the table when he got the call. And he answered it, and he said, oh, wonderful. And in, Xi said to him, excuse me, Mr. President, that looked urgent. And Trump said, we just, uh, and he told him, I just 
obliterated a terrorist and we just took him out with one of our missiles. And then would you pass me the salt? So suddenly he made it very casual. But Trump said that you could see the eyes of Xi like, whoa, whoa, this guy, he means business. They, they, I hate to say it, but they, res- they respect strength. And, and Trump was a strong president. You know, he did all of these wonderful things for our country, a good economy, a safe borders, all these things lowered our taxes. We had plenty of food. We didn't have any shelves that were missing baby formula. And he did all this stuff while the left was going at him every day, viciously trying to tear the guy down. Impeached him you know, twice. The, yeah, the, they had that. He had that in New York, too, when he was building. And yeah, you know what? He took things bigger than his dad. And yeah, you know what? He's got you got to have an ego to do what he did. But he he pulled it off. And he's a you know, he's a student of history. And and, and uh, he's learned from the best. You, you sit there and go, you know, the, the Democrats made fun of Make America great again. Where do you come up with that stupid idea? Well, the gentleman's name was Ronald Reagan. Let's make America great. Yeah. When he unleashed capitalism and let's just make it happen. And then money was free to invest. Everything was happening. Yeah, but if you remember, and, the left didn't like Reagan either. <laughs> no, they didn't like Reagan. But, you know, Trump saw that. Because he profited from those Reagan years. Yeah, he made money, you know. Uh, but, but is capitalism a bad thing? No. Uh, if you ask Maxine Waters, it is because she's pro-socialism. Yeah, but she's, she, she, is taking, she, she is taking so much money, so much graft. And she's one of the most corrupt, uh, in my estimation, re- uh, representatives in Congress. Uh, Trump was down in South Carolina over the weekend at speaking mm-hmm. and Lindsey Graham, who never, never misses an opportunity to be around Trump, even though he's the biggest rhino in our country yeah, right now. He did say something pretty powerful down there. Well, here's what he said. Listen, the 2024 election is our one shot to save our country. And we need a leader who is ready to do that on day one. We need a fighter who can stand up to the left, who can stand up to the swamp, Stand up to the media, stand up to the deep state. Am I allowed to say stand up to the rhinos too? I think we can say that. I think we can say that. Stand up to the globalists and China and stand up for America. And that's what we do. We yeah, I got to tell you, he's saying all this and Lindsey Graham is standing right over his left shoulder and he's, mm-hmm. and he's smiling but you can see kind of the eyes looking around like, uh, is he talking about me? <laughs> yes, Lindsay, he's talking about He was about talking you. about Lindsay because when he announced Lindsay, Lindsay did get up and talk. He said, yeah, it's a beautiful guy. Sometimes we disagree, oh. but we're, he's a beautiful guy. But Lindsay actually did, you know, support him there saying, you know, Trump is the guy. Now, whether he stands behind those words, because he laid it out, even Trump kind of looked over at him like, oh. I didn't expect that one, yeah. you know, because it was hey, what he said was true. Lindsay always says what you want him to say in the moment. For example, he'll get in on he'll get on Hannity's program, and he'll sound like the most staunch conservative when he was running some 
of these uh, different groups in Congress when they had uh, the majority a few years ago. He was going to do this, and he was going to do that. He was going to fix this, and he was going to get done. And he never did a damned thing. He just talked. In the meantime, he, he's already, in, my, in our being on the air over a year, I think he's been to the Ukraine at least two times, maybe three. He's been around Zelensky, patting him on the back, telling everybody how much we've got to send more equipment to the Ukraine. He's a big warmonger. Uh, and he's not the kind of guy you can rely on if you're a, if you're a conservative. He, he just isn't. You know, Trump also no. made some comments about the military when he was down there. He was talking about uh, he was talking about how he and he was very proud of this how he took out ISIS. But in the course of the conversation about ISIS, he made some remarks about uh, the military leaders in Washington. In Washington, listen. I'm telling this story. Right. I wasn't going to. I'm telling this story because we have an incredible military, and you have to understand that when you see these blundering idiots that leave eighty-five billion dollars worth of equipment behind, the best equipment in the world that I bought. I bought the best Apache helicopters. I bought it. I rebuilt our entire military. We had great people. You know, we had some people that got in through the rhinos and got in some bad, but. I mean, for the most part, we had incredible, we rebuilt the entire military. I tell you this because you see these blundering fools on television that say I shouldn't be standing in front of a church with a Bible, remember? That was a terrible thing to do. I'm standing with a Bible in front of a church that these terrorists tried to burn down the day before. And they're saying, oh, they wish they didn't walk because it, I tell you what, these are, these are fools. But I'm telling you because we have an amazing military. So after a short period of time, they hit him hard. And 100% of ISIS was gone. That was it. 100%. It was gone. 100%. So we have a great military, but we have some fools right now on top. (laughs) I think he was trying to say that the military on a whole is terrific, but... In Washington, there are some morons. <laughs> That's what I... Yeah, and, and there are some morons in, in Washington. And we've got a lot of house cleaning to do if he ever gets back in. And if it's not him, we got to get somebody like him. Yeah. Or better. I don't know and whether they're... Right any... now, I, he's, he's still the best we got. Who do we have on the horizon who's like him? Only people I can think of maybe are his kids. Yep. And, you know, the Democrats are are noticing that. And, you know, Biden is going to run. They're trying. The DOJ is working to try to clear Biden of any wrongdoing with the documents. And, (laughs) you know, there's so much wrong with everything. And he's profited. He he should be taken out and quartered right now and actually publicly hung because he's a treasonist. Yeah. But that's that's just me talking. Mm -hmm. You'll be the judge. But I, I think that's oh, I so. think I think he's sold this down the river many, many times for profit. I think well, he's you given know, our secrets doing a full away. Press on uh, press on uh, Trump over the documents, and uh, they want to uh, they want to try to f- find a way to indict him. And as a matter of fact, now uh, they want the DOJ wants to go in and do searches of uh, they want all the the logs, the visitor logs of both uh, Trump's residence and 
Pence. See, because they want to go after Pence, too, over documents. Here's the problem. They're trying they to, want to lock them both down. <clears throat> they're trying to equalize. See, they're saying everybody's equal. They're, they're forgetting one very important thing. When Trump did these alleged things, he was president of the United States, not vice president, president. And there's a difference. Anybody who's been paying attention knows that if you're vice president, you can't change a classification. But they are working on it. And Hillary came out of the closet the other day and sat there and said, well, I just want to be perfectly clear. I never have have had or have one classified document. Oh, she's ridiculous. She's ridiculous. Well, okay, prove that she did have them because she uh, she bleached the drive, she crushed them, she, she, she broke them all. There's no way of proving it because she destroyed the what evidence. What they say, there were 33,000 emails she, she got rid of? Yeah. That's Hillary, and she, she's known for her dishonesty. Let me put mm-hmm. it to you that way. She'll get noisier as we approach the election because you watch. I truly believe she's going to run again. Hillary is not going to sit by the sidelines and let Michelle run unopposed. Hillary still thinks that's her job, and she is the one who should be the first woman president. Well, She'll be be ticked off if Carmella gets it. Yeah, no, they want Carmella out too. They're 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 because the Democrats are attacking her. They're just trying to figure out how they're going to maneuver in. Now they're looking at Michelle because they look at Michelle as her skin color is a is a is a shield because mm-hmm. you attack Michelle when you're attacking a woman. You attack Michelle, you're attacking her because she's a woman in black. And if if the rumors are true that Michelle is really a guy. Well, then you're attacking uh, a, a, a black you know, transgender woman there are some, man that identifies as a woman. There are some of my liberal friends right now who heard you say that. Who, well, their, good. They their can their sit eye, there and their tie eyes their just, shorts in a knot. Their eyes just widened. Believe me, like, what? Um, I said it. I, I own it. Some people would say, <laughs> that, some people would say that Michelle is actually Michael. <laughs> but Michael Rowe, your boat ashore, <laughs> won't you come uh, out? Oh gosh, jeez, yeah, boy, yeah uh, you know the would that be a, in, but would uh, that be a plus bill in the uh, in in these well, strange yeah, times? You, yeah, you know what? With with the woke left, yeah, and you know a lot of look. I don't want to do the black white thing, but let's go ahead and go down that path for a minute. Michelle Obama. I said, you know, this Memphis thing and yeah. all, everything that's going on. Now, we know it was a black and black crime. Oh, no, 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 not according to Michelle. No, you can blame this on white middle-class Republicans. Oh, sure. Yes, white middle-class. Wait a second. How many, how many white people were involved with that uh, attack, that assault, that murder? Well, you see, we wielded in our minds. Oh you know, okay. yeah, you know I don't know how how she came to or he came yeah. to how how uh, <laughs> now you don't know what to, you don't know how to describe Michelle. Hey, you know what? Hey, there there there's Michelle's uh, pronouns. You know, get the mo on the presidency. There, Michelle's. You know new what's logo hypocritical there. about the Obamas? They they sit there and talk about how they're oppressed, and then they race back to Mar- Martha's Vineyard to their ten million dollar estate. Uh, yeah. where they have all the, the you know the accruement 
that to go with beef. You say that so well. Thank you very. They they go back and have their caviar, their oysters, their steaks. You know, they have their waiters taking care of them. I don't see Michelle in the kitchen anytime soon. Um, no. Oh, uh, Maxine Waters rearing her uh, her ugly head. You know, she's sitting there. She she spewed out a lot of different things, but the one thing that caught my uh, ear was she declared conservatives. Um, Domestic terrorists. <laughs> no, Maxine, don't declare Antifa domestic terrorists. No, 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 no. no, no, no. And then, then you got Whoopi Goldberg. You know she is. Oh woke. yes. Well, she's very woke. You know she's very yeah, woke. Yeah. Well, know. anyway, she said white people should start getting beat down. Well, that would be interesting. So that yeah, we know what it's like. Uh-huh. You know, so Whoopi is basically encouraging black people mm-hmm. to start beating up white people. Now, for your liberal friends out there, your white liberal friends, I say go ahead and beat those white people first. <laughs> and those people will be the first to look to the conservatives for help. Yeah, and I'm not going to help you there, friend, because you invited this. We shouldn't be looking. We shouldn't be playing a race card. You know, the thing against me is the left is always blaming the radical whites for doing all of this stuff. And the fact of the matter is, and it's statistically proven, that most of the violence is black on black in the cities. And it's not, and that's not a racial statement in that I'm, I'm making these things. That's a fact. That's a statistic. The, 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 most of the, the people who are killed are killed by other blacks in, in gang violence, in criminal acts, in, in sh- places like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and uh, it's not white on black. Now you'll you'll see this the, the things like uh, the George Floyd situation because the media will blow it out of proportion. You know, with Kyle Rittenhouse, the media was really hoping, they were hoping against hope that Kyle Rittenhouse would go to jail and it would be the perfect ending to a great news story. They made it out to be that Kyle Rittenhouse was the biggest villain on the planet. This was a 17-year-old kid or an 18-year-old kid who was just trying to protect the streets of a place that he had connections to. And mm-hmm. and uh, he got when he was freed, the media, you heard some of the comments they said, well, that's a travesty of justice. That was the most... That was the most vile verdict we've seen in years. They they said everything about that verdict, like it was done wrong and it was a, uh, a travesty. What of made these guys uh, the they do it uh, all the, the time. experts on it? These people do it all the time. You, you know, media. You, look, media people. Maybe you went to journalism school. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you started out as a broom sweep at a radio station, sitting there going. I'm doing my paying my dues to work my way up. But right. you know what? When it really gets down to things, you don't know squat about political science. You don't know squat about hey, you know hey, the law. You don't, you don't know you, squat about anything. You don't have to have a background to be on MSNBC. I mean, they they'll if you happen to have a degree from Princeton or Harvard, that's a bonus. But they then they put these guys in front of cameras and they say the dumbest stuff uh, and i'm being polite they say the dumbest things and you say how could a rational intelligent person with that kind of an, of an education 
be so obviously stupid when they make remarks about uh, race and society in general in the U.S. right well, now? Well, you know, I, I have my feelings on academia. I, I think, you know, that, you know, going to school and college is fun. I think, though, that you've got a big corporation here that's put more importance on itself than really needs to be. It used to be that if you wanted to do something, whether you wanted to be work at a newspaper, you went in and you became an apprentice, you know, and you worked your way up and somebody taught you old school. Radio is the same way. Uh, Family had a photography business. Somebody wanted into it, you know, in the developing. You came in, you swapped the floors, and you worked your way up, and then you learned how to work. You know, the, the, the developing and, and somewhere and everything. along the way, they realized that education was, a, like you said, a business. They could make millions of dollars if we can get more and more kids into it. And they Case start- in point, if you've got a degree, what do you have a degree in? Are you working with that degree or are you doing something entirely different? Right. So that degree is just a piece of paper that hangs on the wall, unless you're an attorney. And, you know, even then, back in the old days originally, law, it didn't take that long to uh, go to school and study law. didn't take that long for dentistry. didn't take that long for a lot of different things where you had to have a degree. You could be done in a year. What good, really, are degrees like sociology? Sociology degree. So what? You can be a social worker and make $25,000 a year? Socia- Come on. A psychology degree. You want to be a psychologist? Okay. If you want to be a psychologist, maybe it works for you. But a lot of people who get the degree don't work in that profession. And if you get a communications degree, they, they poo-poo that. But at least communications usually leads to a job in the media. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a new skill. I, it, it's kind of a little bit off the track here, but I, I ran across it. Maybe I mentioned it before. Uh, there, there's a new uh, a new uh, skill out there that you can't have a degree in it. You just this is life skills. Uh, companies are having problems now with um, uh, what do you call it when uh, you ha- you call in to talk to somebody? Oh, tell, uh, uh, customer service. Customer service, yes, sure. because that requires you to pick up the phone, say, hello, this is so-and-so uh, branding. Yeah. Oh, yes, you would like to. Okay, yes, I can explain that. Yeah. Well, today's generation, the millennials and whatnot, they know how to text. They don't speak. I mean, they can be standing next to you. They'd rather sit there and stand beside you and text instead of just say, hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I can help you with that. All right. Yes. Verbal communication skills. There are companies now that are paying people. I mean, top. Now hey. you, you can sit there and get, you know, over a hundred grand for some big companies to go in and teach verbal skills of how to talk to somebody on the telephone. And what did we do? We took um, those kids who can't communicate. They all they do is text, and we stuck a mask on their face for. Two years. Exactly. So, so they they it encouraged them not to talk. Okay. And we isolated them for two years. So now they're really screwed up. Before we leave, and we only got a couple of minutes, Bill, I wanted to tell you about another yeah. thing. We were talking about how the world is changing around us. And yeah. I saw this uh, report on TV about there's a company 
it's Amazon. They built this uh, new store, supermarket, and it's the demo store is in London. It's called Amazon Fresh. And you walk into the store, and there are no cash registers. There are no employees to, to be seen anywhere. You have to get into the store by swiping your Amazon card. And then you walk in, and you take anything you want off the shelves. And I guess... When you take it off the shelf, it has sensors of some kind. They know where everything is. They know what to charge you. And then you walk out of the store. You swipe your card again as you're leaving so the door is open for you. And that's it. And I was thinking, this is just another way, another way of tracking everything you do. Mr. Harrington, I have my hand up. I have a question. <laughs> yes, go right ahead, Mr. Thank Knight. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'm just wondering if I go into the store and, and they got my card and yes. I'm walking around and I go, oh, that's a nice tomato. And I yes. pick it up and I look at it. Yes. All right. Does it charge me for it right away or can I put it back down and it doesn't charge me or it takes it off my card? I think that uh, I could be wrong, but I think that you can put it back. <laughs> I think. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, you threw me a curveball, actually. You know, but that's a good question. But <laughs> hey, for all we know, they individually wrap everything. Everything may have a barcode on it, and who knows? But this was a big deal. And the guy who was doing the report was saying, "Hey, wait a second. They're tracking everything we do. You, you think this is a great step forward? This could be a huge step backwards." They know what you're eating, why you're eating. You know, pr pretty soon they'll be saying, you can't have this, Jim. It has too many, many calories. We would recommend this over here. Try this. Well, how do you feel about this? Let's just sit there and say, now, I know you've had medical work done and uh, whatever, but, you know, they're doing a lot of things, catching criminals through DNA and whatnot. And some people go, well, nobody's got my blood, and I'm not going to do, you know, give them a spit sample. You know, they're not going to have my DNA. Um they actually caught criminals, not because they went and gave DNA. Right. Now, I'm not saying that I'm hiding from I, anything because I'm not, but I don't know that I want somebody to have my DNA because I did it. Let's just say that you happen to be in a store and you put your hand down on the counter. Well, now your, your, your DNA print is there. And then 10 minutes later, somebody came in and robbed that store. Yeah. And they lift all those prints and they yeah, go, but, oh, well, there's yeah, a Yeah, but DNA you ain't getting right away. There. You ain't getting away, Bill, because I, I, I did it on Ancestry, and I, that was wrong. I mean, I did it, I did it, thought it was a great thing, DNA. But you go to the hospital nowadays, and they swipe your, they do, they do a COVID test. Or they do something they else. Have the, see, that was my point. When I went in yeah. for an operation, they took blood. They actually, the hospitals, and they hide that probably somewhere <laughs> that, oh, oh by sure. the way. Oh, sure. We're going to take this sample and take your DNA and put it on the national database. Nothing is private. Nope. Yeah, and they, they've caught criminals that way. Hey, you know, we had a cold case here, but all of a sudden, somebody ran a stoplight. This guy got hit. He required some blood work. And, sure. you know, we just nonchalantly put his DNA into the base. FBI hit goes right there. Hey, so-and-so in hospital bed B at, uh, you know, Boston General is, is in there and... Uh, he probably did this crime because we got the DNA on him there. Hey, and boom, they come and nab him. Nothing. There is, it is. Nothing no. is secret. I said to my wife yesterday, seriously, I said to my wife yesterday, don't assume that anything we do anymore in this world is private. 
because yeah. everything is out there. Everything. Yeah. Do you think that you have uh, a certain amount of, uh, of privacy, personal privacy? Nah. They can see. You walk out of the house, I'll bet you there are three cameras looking at you. I'm looking at a camera right now. Sure. And that's going electronically through the airwaves. Yep. All right. Do I think you and I are the only one that see each other, or is this communication out there? With every step forward we make, we lose something. Seriously. Two step forwards and three step backs. Yep. Welcome to the dance. Hey, this is a topic for another time, my friend, because... But, it, but it, it, it regurgitates it for you at another point in life. Well, we'll, re, and, we'll be regurgitating tomorrow. Right yeah, here. We regurgitate uh, Monday through Friday right here. Yes. <laughs> same podcast time, same podcast channel. Have a great day, my friend. Hasta la vista. I think I'm out of here. You are. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>